Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. Um, it's fantastic. Everything is great. Cool. So today we are chatting about Kiss an Angel by Susan Elizabeth Phillips in today's episode, mini episode. <laughs> We're going to kind of start messing with the format a bit. We're not going to push the B topic as much anymore. If we have something, we'll talk about it. If you guys have ideas for B topics that you want us to talk about, let us know. We'll tack it on to an episode. Um, but our episodes are plenty long with just the review, so we're just going to kind of, you know, fly by the seat of our pants and see how it works. This time during the, you know, COVID isolation thing, we should do another uh, rom-com movie where we yeah. talk about a movie. Yeah, for sure. Maybe some other time. Maybe in a couple <laughs> weeks. Well, I know not today because, yeah. Because yeah, we haven't done it. Um, but first, Mom, yes. what have you been reading? Oh, shoot. What have I been reading? I forgot to look it up because I didn't think we were doing the bee talk it, topic. Um, I read, oh, I know what I read. I read our books that we did for the podcast. And then in there, I stuck um, the new Sebastian St. Cyr book by C.S. Harris. Um, so good. Those books are so freaking good. Um, I just can't sing their praises enough. And... I loved it. I read the fifth Magic Bites book, which I don't know what it's called, but I think I was reading that when we um, recorded last time. Yeah, I think it's Magic Slays or Magic, I don't know, does something. <laughs> magic. <laughs> magic did my homework. Um, yeah. I don't know what it's called, but I read the fifth one of those. And then other than that, I read what we've read for the podcast. So, so I started um, Next in Line by Amy Dawes. Which is the book after Wait, Wait with, with me. me, I think is what it is. Um, and I wanted to read the the new Secret Baby one that she also just came out with. Uh, that sounded good. So this one's between those two. So I'm... And this next in line is also uh, a brother's best friend's, you know... Oh, hey Best friend sibling... Um, so I'm enjoying that component of it, but I am not finished with it yet. Uh, and then other than that, I've been watching a lot of Top Model and a lot of Top Chef. I watched some Top Model. I watched a lot of Top Model in college. Um, I don't think it has aged very well. <laughs> there's a lot of like, I don't know, there's a lot of like questionable body issue things that go on in that show and a lot of like racial stuff that goes on in that show that is like mm. how <laughs> like old a lot are of the episodes well i watched seasons that i think are like from 2000 i don't know like five years ago was like i think the most recent which is not that long ago but still i don't i don't know there's been a lot of stuff that has changed on the like political correctness landscape there surely has i've just been rewatching series that I loved. I haven't really watched anything new very much, but I was watching Psych. I watched a lot of Psych. And I just have been watching Chuck because I love Zachary Levi. And mm -hmm. um, even those series, they have some jokes. So I'm like, eh, these wouldn't fly today. Yeah. You know. Just um, jokes about homosexuality or race or yeah, things like that that just wouldn't um, 
And Top Chef, there's been an interesting development that I've noticed with Top Chef. Um, Top Chef has shown me that my um, attraction to certain men is developing and aging and maturing (laughs) because Tom Colicchio, who is the head, like, judge on that show, um, he's an older gentleman, but I'm like, and when I've previously watched seasons of Top Chef, I'm like, he's never done anything for me. But this, on this watching of Top Chef, I'm like, oh, hey, Tom, (laughs) like, you are a handsome man. (laughs) Life does that to you, Ellen. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, development. Like, he's like a bald, you know, older guy, and I'm like, you're working for me, you know, it's, it's a thing. Um, okay, today we're going to be talking about Kiss an Angel by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. This is a standalone book that was first published in 1996. Oh. Yeah, Mom had a 2002 date, but I think that must have been when, like, your edition. published or, yeah. yeah. It might have, um, I was reading on my Kindle, it might have even been when it was put on Kindle. Yeah, so um, here's the back cover description. Pretty, flighty Daisy Devereaux can either go to jail or marry the mystery man her father has chosen for her. Arranged marriages don't happen in the modern world, so how did the irrepressible Daisy find herself in this fix? Alex Markov, as humorless as he is deadly handsome, has no intention of playing the loving bridegroom to a spoiled little featherhead with champagne tastes. He drags... Daisy from her uptown life to a broken down traveling circus and sets out to tame her to his ways. But this man without a soul has met his match and a woman who's nothing but heart. Before long, passion will send them flying sky high without a safety net, risking it all in search of a love that will last forever. Okay, mom, what did you think of Kiss an Angel? Well, true, there are aspects of this book that are problematic, and I'm sure we're going to talk about those. However, Overall, I really liked it. I I enjoyed reading it. I thought it was a fun story. Um, Yes, there were things that made me go, and that's why I was like, um, okay, 96, that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, overall, I thought I really, really liked it. Not quite a love because of some of the little quirky things that we're going to talk about, but I really enjoyed the story. I thought it was fun, and I cried. Yeah, this is... Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, there are elements that I, I dare I say, loved. And then there are things that I was more kind of ho-hum about. And because one of those things is one of the main characters, um, <laughs> it does kind of take it down a bit. But um, I, but yeah, I think I, I, I'll go with like really liked this one. I... I got into it and um, bought into the story and um, we're going to talk about her, but my redeeming thing is Daisy. I just really loved Daisy. We're going to talk about things that with Daisy. I will say I need to get this out of the way. So one of my favorite mystery science theater episodes <laughs> is this movie that is called Carnival Magic. It is it's in a, the newest season. Yeah. Of- well, well, one of, it's the first of the new seasons, um, and it is a 
horrible movie. It's so bad. Oh my god, it's so bad. But their riffs of it are hilarious yes. if you want to watch it. But they're, one of the characters is Markov the Magnificent. And so it was really clouding my perception of <laughs> Alex. And then like... There's so many characters in that movie that are, like, direct comparisons to characters. Like, there's this daughter who works at the carnival. There's her dad, who's kind of this, like, you And know. she's kind of coming of age and, and uh, yeah. discovering yeah. boys and that kind of thing. So. And there's a chimp and there's <laughs> a tiger and there's, like, so many things. So I just, I think that was kind of clouding my perception because I just kept imagining this, like, really rinky-dink carnival which i think it's kind of supposed to be what it's like but um and it's a terrible movie i mean yeah words cannot describe how it's hilarious on mystery science theater but it's a terrible movie (laughs) and the crowd goes mild yay yay Um, (laughs) but and then because his name is markov anybody like anytime somebody says markov they go pull (laughs) off So just stuff like that was really messing with my perception. So now that that's out of the way, um, Mom, what did you think of Daisy as our heroine? I love Daisy. She was, um, and you're probably going to bring this up as well, but they keep talking about how flighty she was. I wasn't seeing the flightiness, and I don't know if they just didn't describe it as well in the beginning, and, and that was a big change. I mean, obviously she was into clothes and makeup and hair and looking a certain way but she was raised by oh my gosh her parents flighty people horrible people (laughs) yeah her dad is a horrible person and her mother was we didn't ever meet her mother she had passed away by the time the story started but um she seemed like a terrible person too i mean just terrible and um so i don't know i i loved daisy i'm glad she stopped smoking i'm glad that you know she you know, I don't know. I love Daisy. I was thinking about the smoking thing. That is something that I don't think you would see in a. Well, I um, figured once she was, they sh- showed her as a smoker. I thought, okay, she's going to stop smoking during this story because. Yeah. I wonder if, if, yeah, I don't know. Like I loved how he kept making her cigarettes catch on fire. <laughs> yeah. That was um, yeah, I really loved Daisy. Like, she really, like, kind of redeemed this book for me. My heart just kind of broke for her the whole book, though. Yeah. Like, kind of to the book's detriment because, I don't know, like, she was just so, like, beat down by everybody in this book that it was kind of hard to read sometimes. Like, that whole period where everybody is kind of ostracizing her because they think she's the thief. Right. And... She knows she wasn't, and even Alex is Doesn't holding that her. against her. It was just so sad. And, and you know, um, but I love that she kind of, like, finds solace in the animals, and they kind of become her little circus family. And um, can we say Tiger King? I mean, that's what I kept envisioning the whole time I was reading this yeah. story is she's like the Tiger King, which which isn't a good look, but... <laughs> Yeah, Um, I yeah, and I loved her with the animals and how much she she loved them, and I loved that she was afraid of dogs, but cuddling with a tiger. The whole line, she's like, "No, no." He says, "We can get a little dog," and she's like, "No, I'm afraid of little dogs." (laughs) But she's sleeping with the tiger in his cage. She's carrying around this little elephant on a leash, and um, 
Yeah, I, as someone who really loves animals, um, but I do love dogs, but um, I, I kind of loved that element and how like you can form little relationships, like animals have little personalities and you can kind of form, they can be characters in this book that, and I liked that element to it because yeah, they do have little personalities. Um, and I, I, as much as I hated that period where she was being ostracized by everybody, I did love what it did for her character and that, and kind of showing her perseverance and how she wasn't going to be this flighty. Well, yeah, it you was know. all this, I'm not going to let them break me. And, um, yeah. and I loved that it just made her stronger and tougher and yeah. It was awesome. And I kind of liked about her character that her form of rebe- rebellion was to become this kind of prudish girl who scolds <laughs> people when they swear and um, and um, won't have sex before marriage. And and I kind of get that. Like, when you grow up watching, you know, I think kind of the lifestyle that it sounds like her mom was having, you want it to mean more than obviously what it meant to her mom. Well, and it made her very unhappy to see her mom being that way. So I think that she was just bound and determined not to be like that. Yeah. Um, You touched on this, but I just never felt like she was the ditz that everyone called her. And I think that really turned me off to Alex in the beginning because I'm like, why are you calling her a ditz? Like, and it's kind of touched on that her dad kind of gave him this perception of that but then I think we needed to see that in order right for us to understand that that was where it was coming from because even when they described like her appearance and things like that I still didn't get that she was this kind of stuck like nothing about her said like stuck up you know I don't know like I was never getting that from her at all and so I and think I was just the little socialite persona that she had just made people think that she was ditzy. I mean, it, it just kind of they just kind of went hand in hand and no one really gave her a chance to not be that way until she started, you know, until she married Alex. Yeah. But but that so I mean, that was just another element that just made me feel for her because I'm like, why is everybody like judging her on this? Like, I I just didn't ever get that at all. So. I was having a hard time with that. Um, okay, Mom, this one is a tougher question. What did you think of Alex Markov the Magnificent <laughs> as well, our hero? I Obviously, there are things about him that I was just like, oh, my gosh, Alex, seriously, this is you're just being horrible. Because he was pretty much a dick through the whole story. I mean, grumpy hero alert. He was just yeah, really. Yeah, but kind of not in a, well... <laughs> Well, here's the deal, though. I think he was being that way. A lot of it was him being that way on purpose because he didn't want her to like him. I mean, he was really going above and beyond to try and (laughs) get her not to like him. He purposely bought the trailer that was crappy. Yeah, he was just trying to give her a crappy life so that she wouldn't want to stay in it. Can we touch on... I was never super clear on, like... I mean, we understand in hindsight that her dad wanted to join this Romanov Petrov, you know, lineage. But how was it presented to Alex? To him, yeah. I never understood. I mean, and I get how it was presented to her, 
because yeah. you know but i yeah i don't understand why he felt he had to marry her because he even said you know i i told him he could she could just come stay with me at the circus and i could you know work her over so, so to speak yeah so that was what it was right like was that he was under the impression that like he was gonna make her rough it and that was like what his task was was yeah. that yeah to kind of teach her that life isn't always easy breezy and and give her some work skills and i mean that was the impression i got then when her dad came to visit he was like i can't believe you're living like this and i'm like well i thought that was like (laughs) what the deal was wanted yeah anyway so that was kind of confusing to me an awful awful person i mean awful yeah anyway i interrupted you sorry what were oh, now I can't so remember. you think I'm going to remember what I was saying now? Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> so he definitely took me a while to warm up to for he did, sure. and and he you know he came around in the end, and he still had some things to do, you know, some growing to do. I mean, that was kind of the journey of the book was her breaking down his I can't love anyone walls, and um, uh, he came around, but yeah, he was terrible, and I think it was just a combination of. He was kind of terrible, and mm-hmm. the fact that he was trying to be even more terrible because he didn't want her to feel like she wanted to stay when he didn't want her to grow attached to him. Yeah, I mean, you guys know I love me a grumpy hero, but I think what when we talked about this, what I love about the grumpy hero though is that they have this hard exterior with this kind of mushy center that I think usually we get more peaks of early on um and this one it takes a while before we start getting those peaks i think all of the threatening that he does in the beginning just would not fly in a book today well um the whole thing about um you know she's like well we're not gonna have sex and he says oh yeah we're gonna have sex And, and and the whole thing about no, you're not going to stay with me and we're not going to stay married after six months, but we're going to have sex. And it's like, dude, seriously, that is kind of verging on rapey. In fact, a yeah. lot of the things he did verged on rapey. And I get now, because it's a 96 book and mm-hmm. things were different then, this would not fly today, I don't think. But you've yeah. got to read it, you know, with that yeah, lens. I, yeah. I don't, and so I think because all we were getting from him in, like, the first half of the book was, um, like, threatening her, which it was kind of humorous at some points, but, like, all the, like, threatening with the whip that she was always trepidatious about. Um, But, yeah, the fact that it was just, like, no, this relationship is only going to be sex. Like, that's all that we have, and, like, you're going to do it because that's what... Because I said... You're going to yeah. do what I say. We've got an old-fashioned yeah. marriage where you do what I say. I'm like, wow, dude. Yeah. Cool it a little um, bit. And then what I'll say, too, is that the point where she tells – so this is probably kind of a knock against her as well a little bit. But the point where she tells him she loves him, I could not understand it. Like, she's like, I love you. It's, I mean, like, Sinjin, like, reveals to her that she loves him. And she tells him, like, I love you. Sinjin told me, so <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> – Sinjin made it known to me that I love you, so <laughs> – me telling you that the tiger the tiger says i love you but at that point i was like why like i was not getting that i mean we're starting to get kind of touches that he's a nicer guy and she kind of respects how he handles himself at the circus and things like that but 
I did not understand it. I started to get it more as they were developing like an actual relationship where they sat down and like shared their day together and are also forming that physical connection. But um, I did not understand it at that point. Um, He, I don't, I don't want to say he fully redeems himself, but um, I, I liked him by the end. Okay. Like, but not going to be making Turns out he was rich, so, So that helps. (laughs) That's a big market. Well, you knew that that was going to happen. I I knew that was was going to happen somehow. Um, It always that's a romance without a rich hero. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so he was definitely one of the more problematic parts of this book for me. And, um, yeah, and I, I did struggle with him. Uh, and I would say, I don't know that I loved him by the end, but I I liked him enough by the end, is, is I guess what I'll say. Um... Mom, how did you like kind of this setting of the circus? Okay, here's 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 the thing. First of all, are circuses like this even a thing anymore? Yeah, I think the circus itself kind of ages this book because I don't think they really exist like this necessarily. I mean, we've got like Cirque du Soleil, that kind of stuff. But the whole, you know, animals in cages and, and yeah, that whole thing, I don't think that's even a thing well, anymore. the fact that in, in 96, like she was writing this character who was like, this is horrible treatment of these animals like that shows you kind of the direction where we were heading with <laughs> yeah. um with the circus and, and now people don't even go to the circus because of the cruelty to the animals and yeah i think they still sort of have them in the respect that they kind of put on like the spectacle of a circus and like with the acrobats and things like that but i don't think that i don't know i don't know that and i don't know that the traveling thing necessarily happens yeah. as much anymore so anyway, um, um, it, it was fun. It was a fun setting. It was a setting we've never read before. Yeah. But just looking at it through, you know, 2020 eyes back, it's like, ugh, yeah, that's terrible. The way they treated those animals was terrible. Yeah. The, the like, vagabond lifestyle was kind of an interesting one for a romance novel. I mean, it, in a way, it's almost kind of forced proximity because, like, all they have is each other in terms of, like, this circus family. Um, And there's almost kind of this mystical element with her and the tiger that is kind of interesting. Well, it was kind of interesting. And my whole thinking was, I think the tiger just really reminded her of Alex. And so she saw a lot of Alex in the tiger. And as she grew closer to the tiger, you know, she was kind of growing closer to Alex at the same thing. So it was kind of like a coincided... Yeah, well, and as she, like, understood the tiger more, it helped her kind of understand him more, Right. you know? There's a lot of things that she's reading up on about tigers that she kind of uh, puts on Alex a bit. Quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I I found that kind of interesting in in this book. Um, Okay, what did you think of the secondary plots with some of the side characters? Um... I don't know that we needed to see. I did like the storyline with Heather. I liked, you know, Heather having stolen the money and then her feeling bad about it and finally letting everybody Coming know. Clean. And then Alex having to feel like crap because he treated his wife like crap. But, um, well, and I like that Heather kind of becomes 
I mean, Heather's the one that does it to her, but that Heather kind of becomes her one little buddy right. at the circus, you know, right. while everybody else is hating her. And I, um, and then the whole scene where Heather comes on to Alex and Alex is like putting her, you know, he just, he doesn't mean to hurt her feelings, but everything he says, you can say, oh, dude, that's the right thing to say. And then she just comes in and she's like, don't you try to steal my man. It was perfect. It was awesome. Yeah. And I love, she's like, <laughs> she needed, she needed to feel like she, she was a to be threat. treated like an adult so that <laughs> yeah. she didn't feel hurt. And yeah. uh, I thought Daisy was really sweet with Heather and in general and yeah. I liked their kind of little relationship I liked and I, I do like about Heather that she kind of had Daisy on one hand and Sheba on the other I will say I really could not have cared less about Sheba though right I would say Heather well, was like Sheba's one redeeming quality and I didn't and care at all about the relationship between Brady and Sheba Sheba no um I didn't need to see that sex scene I didn't think that needed to be in the book at all I I was if they had just alluded to the fact that they were in a relationship or, you know, having a relationship, starting a relationship or whatever, that would have been fine. But um, I think I she wanted to show that, like, they were kind of matched in their, like, weird yeah. animal antagonist. Not, yeah, it, was, it wasn't hate. They really liked each other, but they... They really liked to argue they, while they were having they sex. They like to have, like, hate sex all the time. Um, you know, whatever floats your boat. I'm not one to judge. But um, I don't think I needed to see that sex scene. But uh, I did like the compare and contrast that Sheba provided against Daisy. Like, because, um, you know, Sheba kept talking about how, like, her and Alex were soulmates because they were, like, the same person and... You know, Women why didn't they these work? circus families, these long lines of circus and families. And they both kind of had these same kind of domineering personalities, like no shit taken personalities. And she couldn't ever understand why they didn't work out. Whereas Daisy is like her opposite. She wears her heart on her sleeve. She's sweet. She's loving and giving. And, um, and I kind of liked that that showed why Daisy worked and Sheba didn't, you know, whereas right. on paper you would think Sheba and Alex would work more. Than- well, and I loved how he points out that, like, Sheba begging him to love her was, like, broke her. I mean, it just, like, did her in. And he says, Daisy says it all the time. I beg you, please give me a cup of coffee. <laughs> so she begs me for everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked that part. Um, and really, I did not... I still didn't like like her at that point this point but I did not really like care for Sheba at all until that moment where she kind of does the the reversal on on Alex at the end um and makes him beg for yeah which for we're going to talk about in a second but um yeah and I I liked the moment between Heather and her dad at the oh, airport that's where I, I cried that, was, that when they're at yeah, the airport I did and, cry at that point and um yeah with her and her dad that was really sweet yeah um, okay, let's talk about the conflict and the resolution. I could see a lot of elements of it coming. I knew the baby news was not going to go down oh. well. Well, okay. Can I just say this about the baby news? Could she have picked a worse time to tell yeah. him other than right before they were going on to do the show? That just seemed I, like a terrible yeah. idea. I always knew something was going to go wrong with that whip at some point right and when she told him right before they were going out i'm like okay 
this is not going to go <laughs> She's well. She's going to get hurt. Yeah. I, I knew so, too. I thought she was going to get, like, scarred on her face or something, though. So it was nothing like that. But Yeah. Um, um, so she tells him the news. He does not take it well at all. Um, and then he whips her, actually whips her during the show. On accident. But on accident, yeah. In his, in his defense, she told them as they were going out to the show that she was pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And, Which, like, they kept talking about how it was, like, adding this whole other, like, kind of scary element to their their act which i was like this is not gonna go well um she does not react well to that going down that way um and well he said some terrible yeah he really did he wants her to abort the baby but she Um, knew he wasn't gonna take it well i just don't understand i don't understand her that's this is the one point where i was like girl you couldn't have picked like, the whole oh, time they were out to dinner that one night, mm-hmm. that wouldn't have been, like, he was calm. He was, you know, enjoying her. Yeah, and he had had, like, this really shitty week all week. And then she's like, we're about to go on stage, and you've had a shitty week. Let me tell you Let this tell news. You, but I'm pregnant. And even though n- neither of us wanted to have a baby, I'm pregnant. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And so she kind of runs off and hides away and he can't find her for like i think it's a month or so a month or six weeks i mean it's yeah it's a while she's like four and a half months pregnant by the time he finds her um so like what what did you think about kind of conflict resolution and we can talk about um, well okay i'll already voice my opinion on her spilling the news and um you know, I understand why she got upset, and I understand why she ran yeah. off. Um, and I think it was good that he had to work to find her. I think he that had was, to stew a bit, yes, and really had to. And you know, in his defense, he was already coming around by the time, you know. Yeah, I mean, before like before she'd even run away, he he had bought some baby stuff, and he was like going to apologize for the way he'd reacted, and yada yada yada. So he was coming around, but she was gone by the time he got back. Um, I think it was good he had to work to find her. And then when he finds her, he still has well, to stew because she's so broken. I mean, she's just not herself anymore. And it's just breaking his heart, which is good. He deserved yeah. that. He deserved yeah. everything he got. He deserved. So I didn't feel yeah. bad that she was. And it's not like she was treating him that way to punish him. I mean, she really was pretty broken and um and hurt and um but then Shiva of course um overhears them having them saying you know her saying she's gonna leave and and him saying you know then go you know if if that's what will make you happy then go and and Shiva overhears it and so she takes the tiger and she threatens to sell the tiger to a hunting to a hunter yeah, yeah. so it's like a big game hunter for rich people and Aww. so the tiger was just going to be hunted and of course this just broke daisy and so sheba says like if you want him back you have to, to beg, beg for, it. for it and it nearly broke him but he got down on his knees and begged her because he loved daisy he did this for daisy and um 
But I did love when she walked out and she says, don't ever say I'm a bad person ever again. <laughs> yeah, that was like the one moment where I was like, okay, Sheba. Like, <laughs> she planned out. the whole thing. I mean, it was all set up. And um, yeah, and I, I liked that. And, um, you know, I don't think he needed to be broken, but I think he needed to be brought down a notch or two. And, yes. and he needed to sacrifice something for Daisy. I don't, yeah. you know, just buying everything for her was not a sacrifice. That, you know, paying for everything was not a sacrifice to him because he had a lot of money. But, um, you know, giving up his pride yeah. or, or some of his pride, um, I, I think that was a good sacrifice in order to save their relationship. Yeah, it was it was definitely well played on the author's part to right. kind of have that be the the peak for them, you know. Right. Um Yeah. So I I Yeah, I think I liked that about I liked I liked the conflict and resolution, I think. I mean, the conflict went down about as as Yeah. like I thought it was going to. Well, you could see it coming a mile away. Yeah. But yes, I totally agree. And um uh, but I liked making him work for it and that yeah. she didn't really have to work for anything because she deserved that. Like, I mean, like we were saying, I thought she was great and he pissed me off. So I really wanted him to like have to work for it. A well, bit. and even when, um, <laughs> cause he get Heather steals the money from the till and then puts the money in Daisy's suitcase. So when they find the money in Daisy's suitcase, they all accuse her of stealing the money. Mm-hmm. That went down in the in, early on in the book. And um, then he finds out later, um, much later, that it wasn't her that stole the money. And then he feels really guilty that he had accused her of stealing the money. Because even after all this time, he still in the back of his mind was thinking that she had stolen this money. Yep. And even though she insisted it wasn't her. So then when, and he, she's been telling him that she was taking her birth control pills. And then she gets mm-hmm. pregnant. And he mm-hmm. goes right into... You told me you were taking those pills. You lied to me. Da, da, da. And she's like, I took the pills. This is just, you know, because it is a thing that happens sometimes. I mean, regardless. Yeah. And um, but it turns out that her father and his wife had given her fake birth control pills. Yeah, like fluoride pills or something fluoride like pills that. Instead of birth control pills. So you knew how that was going to go down. And because these two were hitting it quite a bit. And um uh, but he still like is so quick to accuse her of lying to him. It's like, dude, what do you need to believe her when she says she didn't do something wrong? Well, anyway, and honestly, like I didn't, I, I, I didn't really. I mean, I knew that her dad wanted them to get pregnant. I, I guess I should have seen that birth control pill thing coming, but. Um, when she said she was pregnant, I was just kind of like, yeah, that happens sometimes with birth yeah. control, especially in 1996, I would think. Yeah, well, that's why you they're know. 99%, you know, good. They're not 100%. Yeah. Um, well, and I think they're even, I think they're like 98 or something. And that, like, the most effective is condoms, is my understanding. And maybe that statistic has changed since I took health in, in high school. But um, anyway... Um, so that's kind of how I, I saw that going down, but, um, let's talk about, so we've kind of touched on some things, but, um, 
this is probably kind of considered old school at this point. Um, let's talk about some of the things that didn't age as well. There's a lot of things with Alex. I think the birth control thing in and of itself is another one. Um, How about the fact that after three months, she said she couldn't have an abortion? hey oh, It's not a thing yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the... I don't know, just... I think in a book today, if... Well, and there's a listener that, that in her comments that mentions this, but, like double that shit up like if you're that freaking worried about it yeah. wear a condom yeah, dude you have perfect you can take care of that too it shouldn't yeah. have to all be us yeah um so that element and then um yeah a lot of stuff with his character i think the circus in general um and like just the animal cruelty that is kind of taking place wouldn't yeah fly but yeah, there were a lot of things I was like, okay, I have to keep reminding myself that this book was written a while ago because there were a lot of things that I was like, ooh, this wouldn't, this wouldn't work in a book today. Um, mostly him and his aggressive behavior towards her and sex. And it was the typical thing where she's like, oh, he's being so rough, but gosh, I want it so bad. And it's like, eh. <laughs> So that leads us into let's talk about sex, baby. What did you think of the sex in this one? Um... The descriptions of the sex, they were fine. Like I said, I didn't need the one scene with Sheba and Brady. But, um, you know, it was it was like like I usually like. It's like the, the pivotal moments, we get those. The pivotal sex scenes. But I don't, it's not like every single sex scene was described. And this one is interesting because there are, there are things <laughs> where she's basically implying that they do oral but yeah. not saying it and i was like wait what happened <laughs> like well, she, she's there was a lot of this where she would start to describe something and i was like oh wow i see where you're going with this and then it would fade to, fade to black kind of thing well it it wouldn't even fade to black it was just like he took me by the head and pushed me down to where he wanted me and i did what i did and yeah <laughs> it was like just say like you went down on him <laughs> i don't know it was just kind of funny like um and there was a few moments like that where i'm like okay am i supposed to get from this that he went down on her am i supposed to get from this that like i don't know there was well and there was some stuff <laughs> this is one of those books where i'm like wow what kind of well, i guess i was gonna say what kind of acrobats are these people but i guess they kind of are acrobats yeah but um th- there's things like I'm picturing a certain position and then like he kisses the back of my knee and I'm like, how the heck is he getting to the back of your knee <laughs> like when he's facing twister. this way? I know. It's like, wow. <laughs> so this is one yeah. of those books where I was like, whoa, that's not what I was picturing in my mind the way it was being described. So the sex scenes were kind of, they were just funny to me because it was like, they were, they were pretty steamy, but like some of it was like certain acts were like so cloaked in mystery that it kind of started to get confusing a little bit. Um, and I just thought that that was kind of more funny than anything really um what was your swooniest moment oh swooniest moment um well yeah i'm gonna go with when he begged for the tiger yeah that 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 was i also like just i cried a little bit in that moment i don't know if it was because i was finishing this book at 4 (laughs) a.m but um 
I, yeah, I, I think mainly also just the, the animal lover in me was like, yeah, you beg for that tiger. You beg for that um, tiger. <laughs> but. Um, I did, I did like how distraught he was when she was missing. And I liked how hard he was working to find her and that he finally figured out, oh, I'm going to go where the gorilla is. And um, then just how hurt he was when he saw how. Like, and it was kind of cute when he goes to like was. the gas station and buys a little bottle and yeah, bib and yeah. Dr. Spock book and, and things like that. And Another then she met, she did find those things in the drawer later on. And yeah. Um. Okay. Let's hear some list. This is an interesting one. There's kind of some mixed diverse opinions on. I can I on, could see that there would be mixed diverse opinions because even yeah. within myself, I had some mixed diverse opinions on things. Yeah. So, Marcia, I hope I said her name right. She sent in um, an email about this book. She said, I have read all of Susan Elizabeth Phillips' books, and this is one of my favorites. So here are my two cents in regards to Kiss an Angel. After reading this for the third time, I do realize now how dated it is. Besides possible hashtag me too issues of consent, there's the fact that they refer to cell phones as cellular phones, haha. The tropes, forced marriage, virgin heroine, forced proximity, give it even more of a historical feel, but I liked the way it fitted into the setting of the circus. I love these two characters, also the paranormal connection Daisy has with Sinjin. We wouldn't want him to fall in the hands of a Joe Exotic. <laughs> yeah. And Tater first being a bully and then totally devoted to her. Yeah, I thought that was cute. Uh, loved the dialogue after their first time where Alex says, where did you learn all those tricks? Tricks? Like the hands against the wall stuff for starters. Oh, that. She realized she was blushing. I've read a few dirty books. Good for you. <laughs> and when Alex said, if I could choose anyone in this world to love, it'd be you. To me, that felt like a declaration of love, even though he he thought it wasn't. I didn't like the way Sheba was being described as past her prime when she was only 39. Yeah. <laughs> if this does want to make you read more Susan Elizabeth Phillips, know that none of her other books have this paranormal, if you like, element to it. But they do all have the enemies to lovers tropes. Another favorite standalone for me is Ain't She Sweet. The girl everybody loves to hate has returned to the town she'd sworn to leave behind forever as the rich, spoiled princess of Parish, Mississippi. Sugar Beth Carey had broken hearts, ruined friendships, and destroyed reputations, but 15 years have passed. Now she's come home, broke, desperate, and too proud to show it. Then there's Colin Byrne. 15 years earlier, Sugar Beth had tried to ruin his career. Now he's rich, powerful, and the owner of her old home. Even worse, this modern-day dark prince is planning exactly the sort of re revenge best designed to bring a beautiful princess to her knees, but none of them have reckoned on the unexpected unexpected strength of a woman who's learned survival the hard way and she sweet is a story of courage and redemption of friendship and laughter of love and the possibility of happily ever after she says looking forward to hearing you two discuss and i'll be back next week with my thoughts um, um i didn't see now this is maybe just me and my practical brain i didn't see her connection with the tiger as paranormal i saw it more of just her a way of like, she was connected with the tiger. I mean, there was obviously a connection there with them. And I just That's thought more of a way of her, like, puzzling through her own thoughts and, and you know, seeing a lot of her own struggles. Yeah, I didn't say... That's why I said kind of more mystical than paranormal. Right. Um, I didn't quite see it that way that you're saying. I do think it was something that helped her work through. But I did think it was pretty overtly, like she had this kind of spiritual connection to um, to 
this tiger. And um, well, that, that I would go with. I would say, yes, she's, she had a connection with the tiger. And I could see it as like a spiritual connection. Is kind of But a, also, like, as someone who, um, especially the past few weeks, has been spending a lot of time with her dog. Um, and like... Impl- and like placing thoughts do you, do on you him look into Steve's eyes and and puzzle through life's problems. Sort down. of. I mean, like, but basically, what she was doing was she was kind of connecting with the tiger and just taking the time to understand what he might be thinking, you know, right. and recognizing that his situation was shitty and yeah, and wanting to help him. And um, and sensing in him that he was miserable, and I think, I think that you can kind of have that sort of connection. Well, with yeah, because she even had like where she felt sick to her stomach when you know she was having like, um, what is it where you yeah, feel like they someone were else's, like physically like, em- connected, emphatic to pains that she had yeah. because of the empathy she had for the yeah. So yeah, I I can see it. Um, but it did help her kind of understand Alex better as she... Yeah, for sure. Um, and Mom and I were talking about this a bit this morning, but um, I... This book and then the other kind of more old school books, there's a certain kind of like... They're a lot more soap opery back in the day than they are today, I think. There's a lot of just kind of like you know, secret Romanoff air and <laughs> paranormal mystical connections to tigers and secret babies and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That, more bonkers plots than we Yeah, there's sometimes. a lot more bonkers plot elements that are in more old school romance, I think, than, than we get today. Um, Emily said, love it, but the part when the whole circus just treats her awful is lame. Seriously, just don't look into anything at all. Um, Tanya said, this is one that I almost DNF'd the way the hero treats her forced to marry some guy. She met all these fantastic people on her travels with her mother, mother, but couldn't reach out to any of them for help. The way he talks to her and keeps thinking she is stupid. I just kept rolling my eyes and could feel my blood pressure rise. I just wanted to shake her. Um, yeah, I considered the, like, why she couldn't reach out to someone for help, but I also... She kind of had a vagabond lifestyle. I don't think she like formed any sort of deep connections yeah. with these people. That that she was met the feeling I got up. is that she kind of flittered from person to person. I mean, her mother definitely flittered yeah. from person to person, and probably burned a lot of bridges on the way. And and you know, especially with men. And yeah, yeah I don't think that there was anyone in her life that she could really. She know. didn't seem to have any deep connections with any anybody. No. Um, Catherine says, loved the circus setting. A man that is opposed to having kids that much, no religious or medical reasons to not get a vasectomy and the money slash insurance to get one. Being that much of a dick over her pills is hard to get on board with. He could have gotten a vasectomy before the book even started. Or like condoms? Even if she didn't have an evil stepmother, condoms exist. Doubling up on birth control methods is fairly common, especially for people who feel as strongly as he does about preventing a pregnancy. Like, am I missing something here? Or was he just a chauvinist? Putting all the onus on her was annoying. Um, She says, it made me want to cuddle a baby elephant. He was really horrible to her. It was hard to get on board with him as a hero. Once he started loving her, it was easier to like him. It's funny sometimes reading a book published a while back and knowing how different the cover and title would be if it was published now. Yeah. Also, I I asked the group for a marriage of convenience book, and then we read this one. It was a good timing for me. 
Yeah, definitely yeah. Mar- marriage of convenience. Marriage of convenience, forced proximity. Had a lot of tropes that we usually like. Yeah. The, um, but, uh, yeah, I think a lot of it was he was really going out of his way to be extra dickish at the beginning of the book because he didn't want her to... He didn't want yeah. her to like him. I did like the part, though, where he went and woke her up and she wouldn't get out of bed. And so he just put her in the truck, you know, without pants on. Yeah. I thought that they was... Have, they do have some, like, humorous kind of cute, you know, enemies to lovers moments in the beginning. It's just that it's like I said, we just weren't getting enough glimmers of softness in him in right. the beginning. I, I didn't feel. Especially um, for her to fall for him like she did. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Penny, who's a big proponent of this one and of just reading a Susan as a Phillips book, she said, I love this book. It's my very first SEP and my favorite of hers. Uh, Daisy is such a well-developed character. She starts off as someone who doesn't know much about a lot of things, but then she grows into such a strong, determined, capable woman. Her sweetness with all the animals, especially with Sinjin the tiger, Tater the baby elephant, Glenna the gorilla, and Alex, though he's not an animal, or is he, lol, makes her all the more endearing for me. As for Alex, I love him. I do. But there are times when his stubbornness and treatment of Daisy make me want to kick him in the balls so hard that some blunt will shoot straight into his brain so he can think more clearly. Or will that have the opposite effect? I think that it tends to make them lose blood in in the top half. Um, With that being said, I love the two of them together. Their differences balance each other out almost perfectly. Their relationship is very real for me. It's got ups and downs, hot and sweet. And that incident at the end, I think you'll know which one I'm talking about, made me sob, actually sobbing. I felt so bad for the both of them, but he reacted so poorly, he deserved to go through that, but not her. Also, this book has one of the best groveling I've ever read, LOL. However, I do want to say I read this a long time ago, so I'm certain things I was okay with at the time will probably have changed. Like the whole circus animals thing, I know it's a way of life for many, and I respect that, but I don't think I can be in support of it. P.S. It's not really related, but I was lucky enough to get to meet SCP years ago, and she signed my copy of Kiss an Angel for me. That's nice. She's supposed to be at KissCon. We'll see if she's at the... (laughs) You who know, knows 2. now 0. who's going to be yeah. there? The, um, uh, I do think that her like flighty reputation that we hear so much about at the beginning of the book comes from the fact that she didn't have a lot of life skills, which is mm-hmm. why her dad married her off. I think one of the reasons, well, we know why her dad married her off, but that was one of the explanations he gave for marrying mm-hmm. her off. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's where she gets her feather-brained or flighty reputation is that, you know, she just didn't. She didn't know how the real world, how to survive in the real world. I mean, she didn't have any job skills or any, um, any real well, life socializing skills even. And I think that the feather-brained, flighty thing is her mom, and then yeah. it's just kind of put upon her because, like, she just gets associated with her mom. Like, she's right. even always compared, like, looks-wise to her mom and all this stuff. So, well, it was that yeah. was kind of a very meaningful thing when he complimented her on how pretty she was and she didn't say well I'm not as pretty as my mom because that was just always her go-to is I'm not as pretty as my mom yeah um Elsa says I haven't finished yet but I'm planning to like Tanya I struggled with the first half of the book and almost quit after the first few chapters the way Alex treated her and how her father treated her and how she saw herself was hard to get through until she claims her power and realizes she's a badass I'm hopeful that it will end well but at the part where she's about to surprise him with an unhappy event in this case Hopefully he isn't a total tool about it. Uh, Elsa, bad news. Sorry. Um, He seems to be (laughs) lacking in emotional intelligence, but I suppose given his upbringing, that's not surprising. And it was the 90s, so maybe that wasn't 
as in demand as it is now. Um, yeah, that's something we didn't touch on too, is I really think that there could have been more development with his upbringing so that, cause that could have been a way to kind of soften him up a bit. Right. Is if we kind of, un- like we, we get a pretty good understanding and we don't have to dwell in like the muck and the mire of his, of his upbringing, but I think that it could have helped. If we had a scene a where he was explaining to her, um, how, overtly abused he was as a kid or yeah. if he like had scars on his back or something that he had to explain to her at some point or and he touches on that that's a big part of why he doesn't want to bring another kid into the world right. but um but i think it could have been driven home a bit more yeah on that front well and he you know he talks about how he wasn't loved as a child and that's why he thinks he can't love is because you know that just wasn't ever developed in him and mm-hmm. and um but we don't really get a deep insight into all of it i think if we had a deeper insight into it it would have softened him up a little bit more for us yeah for sure um deborah says i read this so many years ago while i was reading everything scp wrote i remember loving the circus setting and reading the things that were involved with circus life it's been too long for me to comment on the characters though i will need to reread it um, Jesse says, oh man, I reread this one a couple years ago and it did not age well. I loved it when I read it back in the day, but romance and SCP has changed so much since then. Yeah, it's, it's fair. It's, and it's funny because it's, you know, 24 years old and which yeah. I guess is a substantial well, amount I, of time. I, and I think, cause I hate, I hate the way we're going when I say we, people mm-hmm. in the country are going where it's like, well, we're going to. You know, every book that was written in history that, you know, makes people look bad for for whatever reason. You know, I think of the Laura Ingalls like Wilder. cut out like, of schools. And yeah, like, like the Laura's Ingle, Laura Ingalls Wilder books that everyone's like, oh, they're horrible because they, you know, make, you know, Native Americans look bad or whatever. And so I hate doing that because I think we're going to lose a lot of great literature because... You can't look at it through our lens. You can't look at things from history through our lens. You have to look at it through their lens. And actually, at the time, a lot of those things were very progressive and and seen as very progressive at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So we can't, you know, we have to be very careful, I think. So I think even with romance, sometimes we have to say, okay, we can't look at it through 2020 lens. We have to look at it through the 1996 lens, which was, Mm -hmm. like you said, even though it's 24 years, it's, it's quite different so yeah just i mean so much about like the political correctness landscape has changed just right. in the i mean like just in the past few years has changed right. so much <laughs> um and so but yeah i agree it's like i don't think that we should negate them as literature or you know good writing i think it's just that you need to look at it through that lens and recognize like, wow, how far we've come and um, yeah, yeah, and kind of take it at face value, I suppose. Well, like you said, this book, even, you know, in 1996, it was promoting, you know, this cruelty to, an- or not promoting cruelty to animals, but promoting <laughs> anti-cruelty to animals. And, yeah. um, you know, that was probably seen as pretty progressive thinking at that time. Yeah. Where now and it's like, then, we think, like, who yeah. would ever go to a circus where they put cages, animals in cages? Yeah. 
Um, Cassie says, I'm stressed out to the max with working full time from home while also parenting and homeschooling my kids by myself while my husband works outside the home as an essential worker. So my patience is non-existent. <laughs> she says, I DNF'd this book after chapter one. I really disliked how women were portrayed and talked about. I don't think the writing aged well. I became irrationally angry with the number of times the word bridegroom was used in a contemporary novel. <laughs> and I knew I needed to just walk away from this one. You know, fair. And especially if, like, if you don't have the time. Like, we've talked about, you know, There's a book needs to hit read, you. And we're like, uh, if I read this at another time, I probably would have liked it better. Yeah, or if sure. I read it at a different time, I probably wouldn't have liked it at all. So, yeah. Um, Lori says, the premise of a modern-day arranged marriage seemed compelling, so I was interested at the jump. I didn't even mind the whole taming of the shrew vibes that were happening, even though Daisy did not in any way need taming. However, there were just too many aspects of the circus life that made things go off the rail for me. Maybe it's due in part to living in the age of the Tiger King, but the whole Sinjin thing just grated. And I really didn't like that Sheba got to walk away thinking she was somehow their savior. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, I really liked Daisy, and I found Alex's growth interesting, so I guess there were some positives. But ultimately, there was way more about this book that didn't work for me than things that did. Um, Natalie says, I almost DNF'd this one. I think my opinion is definitely colored by the fact that I am relatively new to the romance genre in the last two to three years. Welcome. And didn't have a formative experience reading this book early on, as seems to be the case for many people who love this book, which I totally understand. I had such a problem with Alex. He seemingly has only derision and no compassion for a woman who is being forced into marriage with a stranger. The first thing he does when they show up to his trailer is say it could use a woman's touch and then points her at the cleaning supplies. Ew. Even halfway into the book, he still calls her a ditz and a featherhead, not to mention all the times he lets her believe he might physically harm her. Even if he wouldn't really harm her, letting her believe the threats of harm is so uncaring and set my teeth on edge. Also, where's the grovel? I liked seeing Daisy's growth, but gosh, I just wanted her to zip it about the sacred vows she took. Don't you think they might not count when you're marrying a stranger under duress? <laughs> the circus was an interesting setting, and they both ended up growing and becoming better people at the ending. Um was fine. But while we may have to frequently settle for fine in the real world, fine isn't really where I want to set my bar for romance heroes. Yeah. Well, I like, that's what I'm talking about when I say, like him bringing her in and saying, it needs a woman's touch and, and you should get cleaning and yada, which by the way, she didn't do. So, you know, she, <laughs> yeah. she just didn't listen to him. Um, I mean, she did eventually do some cleaning in there, but not right which away. Which was so sweet. And then he was kind of, I don't know, a dick about it. Like, well, I think you know. that, that those are the things I'm talking about where I think he was trying to be, I think he was yeah. going out of his way to be just a yeah. horrible person. And um, yeah, I think he was just trying to be, he didn't want her to form attachment to him. And so he was just yeah. trying to be awful and he yeah. did it well. <laughs> For us as well. <laughs> um, Finally, Aaron says, I don't remember when I first read this book. It's been years, but it's a frequent reread for me. Frequently, SEP writes characters that aren't always likable or make the best choices, but for me, she always delivers an emotional and satisfying ending. I love Daisy and Alex and the journey they take together while also having their own personal journey. It may have its flaws when looked at with present-day eyes, but I still love it. Um, yeah, I think... Even as a new reader to this book, I'm I'm able to like you like we talked about look at it through 1996 eyes with 2020 <laughs> vision, yeah. you know, and um, 2020 vision. Good call. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> um, but uh, so 
I think once once you're able to kind of let go of some of those things, um, I, I I did enjoy it and I, I did like it. And like I said, Daisy really is what redeemed it for me. Um, and just and kind that of, was okay. I was okay with Shiva being like the hero, so to speak, at the end. I was because okay, I don't think she was as awful as I, I think Alex kind of broke her. No, I just really did not like her. She was just like, I mean, she was really only nice that we saw to, to Heather. Heather, and she was just a bitch to everyone else yeah. that we were well, supposed to be liking in the book. That's true, but. I, I think she I mean, was coming I could tell, around, too. I think she was softening, too, through the book, though. Yeah. I, think. I don't think we just... I, don't, I just don't think we spent enough time with her to, like, warrant that. And the time we did spend with her was, like, kind of going over the history of her bitchiness. Yeah. And um, so... I, I appreciate her trying to, like, redeem this secondary character and kind of have a separate journey for her i just don't think that it landed like super well and um i don't know i think i think we need it i think it's another case there's a few instances in this book where there there were aspects of it that just needed some more development like we were saying with his childhood and her being us quote-unquote dits and i think with shiba we needed some more kind of peppering of her actually not being like a stone cold bitch. I do want to point, and I highlighted it, but I think you were reading ahead of me at the time. Um, she said, "I can't be a teacher because I'm too old to go back to school." <laughs> yeah. to be a teacher. I thought I thought about you when you because mom. I think we've talked about this, but mom went back to school. I went back like, to school after all my kids were all in school. Yeah, and so I was and became thirty five, thirty six when I went back to school, and graduated when I was. 40 from college and then 41 or 42 even with my probably 41 with my teaching credential so um yeah and now i'm retired so but anyway um so saying that she was 26 and too old to go back to school to become a teacher yeah she she needs to chat with me for a while let me tell her about being too old because mom mom had that experience of going to college with a bunch of 18 year olds i did have that (laughs) and i was always the know-it-all old lady that knew all the answers and they all hated me so well i got over it (laughs) um mom any other final thoughts thoughts on this one no i i liked it i it was a can i say it was a page turner it was i was engrossed in the story through the whole thing so um whether i liked aspects of it or not I, it was an engrossing story, and yeah. um, I liked the way it all turned out. And I, like you said, I love Daisy, and Alex grew on me. And uh, no, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Kiss an Angel by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On April 27th, we'll be discussing Waking Up with the Duke by Lorraine Heath. Um, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes google play stitcher spotify and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them all right thanks mom you're welcome ellen i will talk to you later all right bye bye
Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.